Uh, let me ask you a question as we get started today, because I know you're already probably there in the book of Jeremiah, but let me ask you this question. How do you go about making choices? How do you make decisions? The decisions that you make, whether how large or how small that they are, how do you go about making choices? Now, see, we live in the golf capital of the world. There are golf courses like around every corner around here. And if you're like me, I can hit a golf ball, but the golf ball doesn't always go where I want it to go. Sometimes it finds itself in a rough or in a sand trap or out of bounds. I've even hit my share of cars and houses before, believe it or not. Uh, but just like one bad swing of a golf club can send a golf ball into a, an area that's out of bounds, you know, one bad choice can send us down a road that leads to regret and pain, a place that we never intended to be. So what I want to do over the next several weeks is I'd like to be able to give you some questions. I'd like to be able to give you some practical things that, that will help you in the decision-making process because regardless of your age, this is what I know. Every one of us are forced into making decisions. Sometimes some we, we can see coming and sometimes those that we can't see coming. But it doesn't matter if you're an adult, if you're a teenager, or even if you're a child, every one of us find ourselves in a position of having to make choices every day whether or not you want to or not. Um, and what do you do? I mean, what do you do when you're at that place and you feel pressed to make a decision, yet there seems to be tremendous lack of options or limited information? What do you do when you're presented with a business decision as a, as a man or a woman, a business decision that on the outside it looks really good and you're like, how in the world can I ever pass this up? Or a job that maybe seems too good to be true. Many times we just don't understand the significance of our decisions until one day down the line we're looking back and in the rearview mirror and all of a sudden we realize that if I would have made a different choice at that time my life would have been drastically altered. Not only my life but maybe others that are close by or that I have relationship with. I mean, how many people are at that place of getting ready to retire and, and all of a sudden they begin to look back and, and they realize, I, I wish I would have done a little bit more way back at that time. If I would have just done a, a little bit each, more each month, life would be so much easier. Well, with that being said, what I want to do is is I want to give you some questions and I want to be able to start out today with the first one and you're going to go, oh my goodness gracious. I mean, that's just really simple until you begin to dig down and all of a sudden it becomes a little bit more difficult. So I want you to write this question down and this is how we're going to start because listen, this is what I know. There are some questions that Siri can answer, but then there's questions that Siri can't answer. We have to answer it. And this is one of those questions. Are you ready? Write this question down because it's an important question, you have to be willing to ask yourself the question this, am I being truthful? Am I being truthful? Because this is what I know. Let's see, you're just, you're just like me. You have the ability to talk yourself into anything, anything 
given the right amount of encouragement and time, just, just you can talk yourself into doing whatever it may be. I mean, maybe you've purchased something that you knew that you didn't need and you didn't have the money to buy, but you went ahead and you purchased it anyway. You ever done that? I mean, you ever made a... a <laughs> you're not supposed to agree with me. I mean, have you ever done, I mean, here you are, you're out and you go scalloping with some other people and you ride in their boat and the, the longer you ride in their boat, you're like thinking, you know what it would be like if I could and if I would just, and then you, your spouse said, well, you know, we could do this too. You can get yourself in an awful lot of bad. Hey, listen, it's good to have friends with a boat. Awful good to have friends with a boat. I mean, how many times have we talked ourselves into a piece of dessert and out of the exercise? I done gone to meddling now, hadn't I? I mean, how many times do we make the decision, listen, we're just going to eat healthy. And you go to the restaurant and you take your spouse out and, you know, she comes, oh, well, I'm, I'd like to have some water, please. And then you order, oh, I'd like to have this. And you do everything just right. And, and at the end, you know, the waitress, she comes over and she's got this plate. You guys have been there before. She's got this plate. It's got these desserts. And she'll make a comment like, did you save any room for dessert? And you were like, well, well, <laughs> Yes, I have room for dessert, but it's not for me because I'm trying to eat healthy. But listen, I don't want to deprive my wife. Would you please bring her a dessert that she would like and make sure that you add two spoons to it just in case. I know that you've never done that. Let's just say that you're at a place of having to make a decision and there, there are different types of options. What is it that carries the most weight? You ever sit down and think about, is it, you know, what God thinks is important, or is it just about what you, what you want or what seems to benefit you the most? What is it that makes you the happiest? I mean, how many people get married to that person, whether it be a he or she, and all of a sudden they're saying, you know, I'm married because they just make me so happy. Only later on down the line, the thing that causes the divorce is because they aren't making you happy. See, I've had that conversation sitting at a booth with somebody one time. They just told me, they said, Sid, Getting a divorce. You're getting a divorce? What's the problem? I didn't even know there was a problem. Well, you know, she doesn't make me happy anymore. And God wants me to be happy. Oh, he does. I mean, just think of all the, the decisions that we make so many times and, and we aren't necessarily truthful. How many of us change jobs or make a purchase or decide to move only to realize that the decision that we made wasn't the right decision because we never asked the question, am I being truthful? Because if you're honest, the reason that you made the person purchase may not have been because you needed it, but maybe the reason you made the purchase was because you were trying to impress somebody. Or the reason that you may be struggling with a relationship, or maybe others, maybe it, it wasn't because of other people, but maybe you just refuse to be honest and recognize the fact that you're just selfish and that you're self-centered. Or maybe you decide to take a new job and it wasn't really because you wanted it, but it was because that you were upset that you were passed over by your boss for a promotion it's just easy to talk ourselves and doing whatever we want to do and not necessarily what we might need to do because we're never 
never truthful with ourselves. You know what the Bible has to say is this issue of truth is something that we all have to deal with. We're going to have to wrestle with. It's a fact of life. As a matter of fact, we're going to find out today in our passage of Scripture something a little bit about our hearts that we need to be mindful of, something that we need to remember, especially in those moments and times when we are at the place of making decisions. So if you're over at Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, um, I'm going to read that for you in a minute, but let me just sort of bring you up to date of where we, where we are. You've got a guy by the name of Jeremiah who's a prophet, and he was a prophet between that time of 600 to 580 B.C. And he was a prophet in the kingdom of Israel. The kingdom of Israel had been divided in the north and the south, and, and he was a prophet for the southern kingdom, which the city of Jerusalem sat and there was a king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar that around 605, he was, he was the king in Babylon. And they went through and they conquered Egypt. And on their way home, they stopped in to also let Judah know, listen, your time is short. We're here. I'm now the new guy. And I'm king. And I'm in charge. This is the same king that would not, not only exile the strong and the, and the healthy to Babylon, but this is the, also the same guy that would take those young men that were, that were well-known, they were, they were healthy and they were bright, and he would take them and put them so that they would serve in the, in the king's court and they would train them up. Maybe there's some names that you remember in the Old Testament by the name of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Maybe you remember them and the stories about the lion's den and, and uh, the fiery furnace. Well, Judah had a king, and his name was Jehoiakim, but his powers were very limited because he would have been called a vassal king. He was a puppet. He was a servant king because Nebuchadnezzar was the real king, but he allowed Jehoiakim to be in reign and be on the throne there in, in Judah. And here it was that God sends Jeremiah, the prophet, into the middle of all of this mess to speak a word of truth to Jehoiakim and the people of Judah and to tell them, listen, the reason that you're experiencing all of these difficult times is because God is judging you for your unfaithfulness as a nation. And Jeremiah spent this time as a, as a prophet pleading with Jehoiakim and the people of God to turn back to God. On a side note, Jehoiakim's father was a man by the name of Josiah who was a man who sought after the Lord's heart. He was known as a righteous king. His father, he became king when he was eight years old. His father was Ammon, who was not a very good king at all. But here's a young man at eight years old who would become known as a very, very righteous king, a, a good king. Which also reminds me here as we look at the life of Jehoiakim, just because you're a good parent doesn't necessarily mean that your kids are going to follow and obey the Lord. Pray that's a word of encouragement for some that may have children that are struggling but instead of the people turning back to God, instead of Jehoiakim turning back to God, what they did is they put together an army and they went to Babylon to try to defeat Nebuchadnezzar and rescue themselves from the oppression that they were experiencing. But Jeremiah told Jehoiakim, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do that. But they did it anyway. And Jeremiah said, listen, don't do it because it's not about your power, but it's about who is your God. But Jehoiakim didn't listen. And as a result, the army was defeated. And Jehoiakim was taken to Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar, what he did is he took his younger brother, Mattaniah, and he made him king and he put him in charge. And he would later change his name to Zedekiah. And even though Nebuchadnezzar set Zedekiah down as king and said, look, let me tell you what, you better not pull this mess on me. 
Guess what happened? He did the exact same thing. And he would try to combine forces with Egypt to defeat Nebuchadnezzar. And here's Jeremiah again saying, don't do it. It's not going to work. You're not going to win because it's not about power. You've been disobedient to the Lord. And God's going to judge you. And he's going to use Nebuchadnezzar to get your attention. See, this isn't about who's the strongest. It's not about who's the most powerful. But it's who are you going to choose to worship? In fact, in Jeremiah chapter 38, verse 17, Jeremiah tells Zedekiah that the only hope that they had, which seems very odd, wasn't, wasn't to go out and to go to battle, but it was to surrender to the Babylonians. Well, that didn't sit too well with Zedekiah. Not at all. Nebuchadnezzar would send an army down. They would destroy Jerusalem. And we see in Jeremiah chapter 39 where, where he had Zedekiah's sons killed and also his nobles. And then they would pluck out his eyes and they would haul him off to Babylon to to um, so that he would demonstrate his power and authority. And this whole time, Jeremiah as a prophet is saying, no, 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 don't do this. One bad decision after another bad decision, these kings and the people of Israel were making, and everything had to do with their pride. And even though Jeremiah warned them, they refused to listen. And it was during this season that Jeremiah would write during this season of wickedness, that he would write and pen these words. He would make a statement that focuses really on what the real problem was that they were facing. And what Jeremiah said and what he would write at that time wasn't, wouldn't just be applicable for those that were living during that time, but there's so much application for us, practical application for us today. And this is what he says. In Jeremiah 17, verse 9, read it with me. Just one verse. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things, desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? <laughs> and what Jeremiah was saying is that, look, the seed of our emotions and our heart, you can't trust it. You can't trust it. Because every one of us sit being a step away from stupid. The heart is deceitful, is what the New International Version has to say. It's deceitful of all things beyond cure. And it's easy to fall in that routine of forsaking God and walking away from God. And when you think about the word deceitful, which, what it has to do in relationship to making decisions, it's easy for us to be able to mess up, especially when we aren't paying attention. Jeremiah, Jeremiah didn't say, listen, the heart is dishonest, but what he said, it was deceitful. And there's two different words with two different meanings. Deceitful means guilty of or involving deceit, guilty or misleading others, including yourself, the ability to manipulate or take advantage of. And I think what Jeremiah is saying here is that it's out of the deceit of our hearts that the leaders of Judah and their people are making some really foolish decisions. Decisions that are not only dangerous for themselves, but dangerous for the nation of Israel itself. And Jeremiah would say, that's the heart. 
That's a heart. Because the heart is deceitful. See, and if the, if the heart is left unmonitored, be careful. Because we must consistently pause and check ourselves and ask ourselves the question, am I, am I, am I really being truthful? Am I being honest? Because this is what I know, and I was having this conversation a little earlier. See, this is what I know. The heart determines what we want, and then the heart tells the brain, listen, go out and find me some ways to, to defend what I want. Go find me a verse in the Bible. Hello? Yeah, go find. This is what I want, so I'm going to find some excuses. Brain, you go figure out some ways to, to agree with what I want, my heart. And I want you to go find some verses in the Bible that agrees with what I want. I want you to give me some excuses as to what I want, why I want what I want is, is the best option. I mean, maybe you've experienced this somewhere before. You're having a conversation with a friend and they're telling you something. They're, they're telling you a story of what's going on and you're like going, well, that just doesn't make, why, why are you wanting to do that? That just, that's not logical at all. Not only is it not logical, it's definitely not of the Lord. But they go on and on and on with all these excuses of why, why they're right and why they're justified and why it's the best choice. And you're going, but man, I don't smell Jesus on that. So you can tell yourself, I have no idea why the creditors are calling. Or do you? You can tell yourself and other people, I have no reason why I lost my job. My boss just doesn't like me. I've known that for a while. Or is it just the fact that you're always showing up late and you're not being responsible and being a man worthy of his hire? I mean, you can acknowledge, yeah, yeah, we got some marriage issues going on. And, you know, I've been trying to tell her she needs to get some things right. Never look inward be truthful we can give a list of reasons of why we ended up on that website why you ended up in a website that you knew that you didn't belong but when your spouse caught you all of a sudden you had a list of excuses of how you got to there knowing that all along it wasn't the truth see that that question am I being truthful that's a big deal because if we're willing to ask that question, man, all of a sudden it will unveil and uncover some stuff, whoo, some flaws, some character issues, some heart issues that maybe we aren't ready to deal with or don't want to deal with. But it's important. And you know what? That question, am I being truthful? It's hard, but it can also be really painful. Because if we're willing to face the truth, this is what I know. There's a great opportunity for us to be able to experience not only the grace of from others, but most importantly, God's grace. I mean, we all have excuses as to why we do the things that we do. But if we're willing to risk and be truthful with ourselves and others, we might make some life-changing discoveries that help us make some better choices. 
You know, instead of running around and trying to convince everybody why we're doing what we're doing and why it's the right thing and making up excuses to export, support our actions, well, I just want to challenge you today just to stop. I just want to challenge you today just to stop where you are and make an account, examine your heart, and ask yourself, am I being truthful? Am I being truthful? You know, what's the, what's the real reason? What's the real reason for working all of those hours and finding no rest? What's the real truth behind that purchase? What's the real truth behind that business deal? What's the real truth behind that broken relationship? What's the real truth? What did Jeremiah say? The heart is deceitful above all things, beyond cure. You better examine you better check yourself. You better ask yourself the question, are you willing to be truthful? What's the reason that your marriage is struggling? I mean, is it, is it really their fault? Or does the grass just look greener on the other side? You know, if you haven't discovered this at some point, and you will, people talk. People talk. All kinds of people talk about all kinds of people, and sometimes they have conversations. Have, did you hear, did you see what, and I went to them and I tried to talk to them about, but the only thing they would say is that you just don't understand. And they gave me all these lists of excuses, but I couldn't smell Jesus anyplace. But if you're willing to be honest, this is what I come to recognize. You don't have to run, and you don't have to, you don't have to hide because when we're willing to acknowledge the truth and confess the truth, what it does is it begins a process of making some better decisions. You know, because the Bible says where there is no truth, there's no freedom. Think about that. But what does the truth do? It sets us free. That's what it does. And this is what I know. Life is full of decisions and decisions after decisions after decisions. And when you're at that place of considering the options and the decisions that you have to make, the only thing I'm asking you is are you willing enough? Are you courageous enough? Are you bold enough? Are you honest enough to ask the question, am I being truthful? Am I being truthful? Being bold enough to ask yourself, why is it that I happen to be leaning in that direction? Moving in that direction. Being willing to be able to stop and ask that question because it's so easy to make decisions now that later down the line, what we do is we, we look back. We look back and say, man, I sure wish that I would have done something different. Jeremiah said, the heart, the human heart, your heart and my heart is deceitful above all things. But we can be free from its control if you're willing to tell yourself as well as others the truth and be honest. See, telling the truth becomes a whole lot easier, a whole lot easier. When you recognize that God isn't out to get us, but he loves us. 
that he loves us. Even in the dumb decisions that we make, we don't have to run from him, but we can run to him. In the most difficult of times, even when we feel far, far away from God, just like that prodigal son, far, far away, we're one decision away. God is always there waiting, waiting for us just to be honest and to be truthful. We don't have to run. We don't have to hide. The only thing we need to do is be honest and to recognize that this old heart that we have may not be as good as you think it is. As Jeremiah said, it's deceitful. Deceitful. Are you being honest? I'm going to I want to pray with you. And I want to ask Brian to come and, and, to, and to play. Um, just to play a little bit. But right there where you are, I, just, I want you guys just to bow your heads. And I know this is pretty short today. And, but I promise you, there's probably some of you that are like going, ding, 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 the bell's going off. And I want to be able to pray with you. And then I want to ask you a question. So while Brian comes to pray, would you just bow with me wherever you are and let me pray with you today. Father, I, I don't know necessarily where this lands for each one of us, but you do. Can we have the boldness and the courage to be able to, and the wisdom to be able to respond honestly today? Help us to recognize the wickedness of our hearts and not be tricked by the lies of Satan, by the divisiveness of Satan. May we not learn just to be truthful, but to seek after the truth. And Jesus, you are the truth. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And the scripture says that no one comes unto the Father except through you. And with your heads bowed today as Brian plays, I just want to ask you a question. Right there where you're seated at, maybe you're all alone or maybe you're with a group of people. How about you? Are you being truthful? With your heads bowed right there, are you being truthful? Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Can others smell Jesus upon your life? I didn't ask you if you went to church. I didn't, I, I'm not asking you if you're in a Bible study. I'm not asking you all the things that you know about what the Scripture has to say. But I'm asking you, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? This is a great opportunity for you to be truthful. To be truthful. I mean, if you were to die today, do you know without a shadow of a doubt where you'd spend eternity? And let's just say that you were to stand before the Lord and he were to ask you, why? Why should I let you into my kingdom? What would you say to him? Would you say to him, because I'm a good person? Would you say to him, because I, man, listen, I never miss church except during the coronavirus. Would you say, because I led a Bible study? Would you say, because I, I preached the word to thousands of people? What would you say? What would you say?
Have you ever come to the place of trusting Jesus with your life? You know, it begins with honesty. It begins with the willingness of heart to trust. It comes from a place of recognizing our sin and recognizing and realizing what Jesus did for us when he died on a cross 2,000 years ago, that he would be the one that would pay the price for our sin, that no longer would we have to live in the place being separated from God because of our sinfulness. But that price would be paid by Jesus who would die on that cross. Once and for all, he would become the Lamb of God, the sacrifice for all the sins of the world. Repent and to place your faith in Jesus. If you've never been honest, man, today could be that day. And if that's you... If that's you and you're at that place and you're saying, listen, I believe. I want to trust Jesus. I want to to give my life to him. Today could be that day that you say, Jesus, I believe and I want to commit my life to you. And if that's you today, right there where you are, you have the ability just to say, Jesus, save me. Man, I'm a sinner and I've messed up so much. But today I want you to do some, I want you to do some tilling in the in the ground of my heart. I want to be truthful not only with you. I want to trust you. And if that's you and you're at that place of, of wanting to trust Christ and give your life to Him, man, I would love to know that decision. And right there where you are, man, you pull out that phone and, and you text us and you text me. Text us at that, at that text number 352-358-7770 just with the word decision, just type decision. Because I would love for us to be able to follow up with you and give you some information to help you grow. But a relationship with Jesus begins with truthfulness, honesty, and a recognition that, man, this heart, it's a mess. It's a mess. Father, I'm just asking this would land where it lands today. And that as we begin this new series, asking some simple questions, that we would recognize that there are some questions that Siri can't answer that i got to ask myself. Help these simple questions that we're going to talk about over the next several weeks, help them become a way that we can practically apply the Word of God to our hearts and lives so that we can live in freedom with you. Thank you, Father, for these that have maybe have said, Jesus, for the first time, I want to trust you. May we hear back from them so that we can communicate with them. Help us to be the church that you've called us to be. Help us to live out a heritage of faith, not just talk about it. Father, help us to be your ambassadors. And even now I'm praying by faith that every one of our campuses in Lake and Sumter County are going to be covered, that we're going to cover those campuses in prayer, and we're going to be lifting up those in our education field, knowing that not only are we praying for them, but we stand with them at this time when the tensions are high and the, and the anxiousness is so large. Help them to know that we're supporting them and that we want to encourage them. And I pray that this would be something that would be breathed in throughout our state and that there would be other groups that would join and there would be prayers being, being made and petitioned to you on behalf of not only our students and our parents and our teachers and our school staff, but those who are in leadership. I pray today 
I pray today for our governor and others that are in the place of having to make so many difficult decisions. Help them to be truthful with themselves, not to get involved in the politics. I pray for the president and those who are in leadership positions. Father, may we hear words of truth that would come through a system of honesty. And Father, we are thankful that, God, that we can look to you when we know that regardless of whatever may take place, that you are faithful. Father, we're thankful for our time today. Send us out as your missionaries to make a difference in this world in which we live. And may we that, that question, am I being truthful, may it be on our hearts and minds throughout this week as we make choices. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.